Hello and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host Patrick Keen with the best 30 minutes of sleep and show business. This is episode 101. It's an episode about episodes. Episode 101. Um, yeah, I'm your host Patrick Keen. I'm absolutely exhausted. Two birthday parties in eight days. Nobody who does that. What male? What heterosexual male does that? In several dinners, several dinners. Family members in town. Mom, stand with me for dos mes. Uh, so I'm beat, right? I'm looking forward to a week of calm. Uh, but I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get it with a ton of work to do for homecoming and uh, for the high school that I'm working at this Friday. But there's nobody to entertain this week, so that's nice. I'll be able to get a lot done. My sister has left the building. My brother is in town now for work, staying at a hotel. He and my mom leave Saturday. I head to Austin for dos noches. And, uh, okay, thank you for the timing on the oven being ready. Um, this episode is a day late, but the birthday run warrants a daybreak. And, um, and, it, and it, it deserves the same observance as a three-day weekend. So that's what I'm getting. Also, it was Rosh Hashanah somewhere back there in last week. So uh, I'm taking it all, guys. I'm taking it all. I'm using it all to uh, be a day late on this. I haven't done a comedy show in a week, which is not good. I don't like that. You lose your rhythm. You, you, it's just like, eh. Uh, you lose your timing. You get soft. Even if you're writing, which I haven't really been doing in this past week. Not a lot of time. Uh, I don't think my next show is until Tuesday, October 11th which is a couple days before I leave Miami for, for Miami where I have to do cruise ship, nice long sets on a cruise ship. Uh, and that'll make it two weeks between shows. That'll make it uh, two and a half weeks between that. That'll mean I, in the last two and a half weeks, by the time I'm there, two and a half weeks, one show going into a cruise ship. It's not good. Um, even on the ships, man, you're not performing every night which isn't ideal if you want to get better you, you just because there's no trial and error it's just you have to do well um clubs it's like oh, i'm doing two shows a night or you know or or one show and you can kind of f up come back strong the next night cruise ships i don't know even though the certain comic just got booted off of carnival for dropping the n-word which i didn't i don't know how it even got that close to happening i mean you have to be pretty squeaky clean on the old uh cruise ships and someone's dropping n-words i mean between squeaky clean and dropping the n-word that is quite a chasm and uh yeah and i would imagine he's done with not only that line but every other line of cruise ships do people understand you know i get concerned when i'm, I'm saying words in life now where i'm like do people understand like that word line you know do people understand set like oh do you have a good set you, you wonder if like common people understand like when i say line i mean cruise ship line when i say set like your comedy act how'd that specific set go that's what we call it how'd it go last night how was your set but you don't know who understands what i remember i like trying to tell i was trying to tell millennial like I was trying to cite Apocalypse Now because I was using an example, looking for an example in my head of a movie that was long 
and it cost a ton of money and it was a pain in the ass to make. And I was like, yeah, I'm making the next apocalypse now. And this guy, he was, he was only five years younger than me. So he's only 45 now. He didn't understand it. And I was like, what do you not? And it threw me off because it throws you off when somebody's stupid, it throws you off. And then you just automatically think nobody in a certain age group gets the information. Um, you do get a lot of writing done on chips. You get a lot of writing done, a lot of reading. I just got another book in the mail and uh, when I got home today. But you've got to get the writing, and that's kind of what this episode's about, holding up material on a pedestal. You've got to get the writing up on stage. You've got to get the theoretical into the hands-on. Right? Theoretical needs to turn into practice, practicing. It's something I haven't been very good about. I've got way more material than I share about. Share about? Share on stage, which uh, isn't great. Because I'm holding material up on a pedestal. Like, someday I'll get to that. Someday I'll really tackle a real issue. Um, you know, someday I'll write that book, Scott, that screenplay, when I have time. You know, because that way it just exists in a dream world in your head somewhere and it can be perfect. Like a dream girl or a dream situation, dream house, dream life, dream book, script, uh, dream season if you're an athlete or coach. And you don't have to hold yourself accountable when you do that. Boy, how nice. How nice is that? Um, so you want to go get those ideas up and running. You want to get them off the page and on the stage, baby. Give them life. Breathe life into them. Just so you know, right? Like asking a girl out who you hold up on a pedestal. You know, she's so hot, but you don't really know her. Um, the way she looks at you, uh, the way she doesn't look at you. If you're a masochist and you want to date someone that hates you and doesn't respect you. But, um, you know, find out. You want to find out. Don't keep that shit hanging up there in, in perfect zone because that's a long way to fall once reality hits. I was talking to a friend last night. Holding, he was holding a girl up on a pedestal. And it's like, dude, put it in action. Get it over quick. Like, unless you want to live in fantasy land. You know. Show each other your imperfecciones and let's get this going. It's never going to be perfect. You know, I had this idea for a movie I thought was great. Outlined it. <clears throat> started it. Wrote about the first 25 page is... Um, and I see some glaring holes that I just, I can't move on with it. Um, I can't move on with it. Um, because the main, one of the main characters, there's no storyline and I've got to find a storyline. I can't just, I can't limp through it for the next, you know, hundred pages or whatever, 70, 70 to hundred pages. So, but it's good. Because now it's outlined and it's shelved instead of me thinking it's fantasy land. And uh, I also don't want to do more things that I'm not getting paid for. I want to I want to uh, reinvest in where the money's coming from. There's a commercial in the back in the background of a guy doing stand up. That's great. More more fake stand up, please. Uh, I've got the game on. I've got the football game on here. Okay, uh, I haven't done a show in a week, so yeah, I need to get back to it. But this whole concept of holding material up on a pedestal, that's why you want a company like Script Pipeline, everybody. Script Pipeline, the perfect brokering device for show business writing. Yes, is it a script? Is it a uh, 
TV show idea? Is it a movie, film, streaming service? Whatever it is, uh, if you're a writer, teacher, or even someone who lives in L.A. but just can't you know, bang down the door to the inside, because you can, you can run around those walls like I did for 20 years, um, but to break inside. And you never know, because there's people who are like, man, I'd be happy just being you. I'd be happy getting to your level. A lot of people say that weirdly. Um, script pipeline is for you, guys. Agents, managers, development execs, writers, producers are all in touch with this company. They help you get exposure, secure deals, acquire representation, and sell projects, establish relationships, get connected. Script pipeline is joined by Film Pipeline and Pipeline Artists. Hello, and welcome to Movie Phone. Pipeline Artists, a new platform to educate and inspire emerging creatives branching out. They are the link. Don't need to move to Hollywood to follow this dream. Best of both worlds. Chase your dream. Do it from home. Scriptpipeline.com. Man, I know all about that, like, smaller, successful showbiz circle. Because you could be there just hovering, hovering forever. And um, not know. I mean, you can be a PA on a movie that you want to be in, obviously. Uh, and you're, like, side by side making your 500 a week, if that, or maybe a little more. While someone's making that, you know, a half hour for 5,000 a week, you know, 550 million. And it's all right there, man. It's tough. Those two different sides of the mountain, baby. We're two different sides of it or just two different places on it. I'm not sure. Okay. It sucks and it sucks. And LA and New York, and, and it's like, you can god you can go like i love miami because i've every time i've gone there it's been to work like a good gig good crowd with a good comic um so it's really all in all the way it's just all in how you see a city you know my buddy nick um loves la he sees nothing wrong with la he came though and he was already making a ton of money he's only seen it from the top and i don't know if i'll ever see la from the top and even if i do will 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 i will i enjoy it or will i just like just think about all the kind of the grid it took to get there. I think, I think once you're there, you, you have to enjoy it and be like, figure out how to enjoy it. Don't hold up that animosity, you know, cause then they would have won. Uh, even though you succeeded, the, the demons won, you know what I mean? Um, okay. So that script pipeline we got the ad where it's so good. We're rolling. We're a third of the way through the last week has been quite a run people in and out of town, on my behalf, alcohol has been consumed. Friends have been seen. Conversations have been had. Alcohol drains you, baby. Joy drain. I mean, I guess any drug, right? It zaps your energy. It zaps your joy. I'm not hung over. Um, you know, even though Sunday I was recovering, I'm not hung over Sunday or even today with pain or headache or sickness. Just no energy, right? Like I couldn't have a conversation with another human. My brother's in town on a, at a business dinner. He's with three other friends of ours we grew up with. He's like, you want to join? I'm like, man, I, I got nothing. I will drain. I will drag that group down. I will drag them down. And I don't need three sugar drinks to get me going because then tomorrow suffers and my work suffers. Uh, I'll tell you, if there was someone over at my house other than my mother staying with me, I'd have to ask them to leave. Unless they don't mind total silence, complete silence, uh, total zombie mannequin challenge. If they don't mind that, that's what I'm going to be like, all right, for like 48 hours, maybe 36. No energy, no talking, no, uh, yeah, no effort. Even though I'm doing a 30-minute podcast right now, 
you could probably tell. But just a combination, right? When you're on one of those runs out of town. I was in town, but everybody else was out of town here visiting. Uh, just combination, right? Drinks, conversation, small talk, medium talk, large talk, caffeine, sugar, coffee, soda, soda for a hangover on a Saturday. When you don't regularly drink soda, what does that do? Okay, then you're okay. And you, you put alcohol on top of that. Then to get back to that level, you need two coffees on a Sunday. You know what I mean? Limited sleep, emotion, draining. It is a big come down. It is a big come down. I've been looking forward to getting through this come down. And that's where you're like, I'm like I was looking forward to that more than the, the event themselves, right? Is, all right, when this is over, come down and then come back up. Because um, it requires joy. And require it takes it sucks out the equilibrium you needed for the next few days, and it exhausts that reserve. So you have to lay dormant for a day or two to recapture all that, get your levels back, homeostasis. Uh, but it was great. Last two weekends, an amazing range of friends, people, grade school, high school, beyond college, comics, LA, recent friends made down here in Osa. Uh, it was quite a gathering. Both times, my sister Kate and her friend Jody got us softball t-shirt, uh, softball shirts from our championship team 25 years ago, and they have a signed softball, which still needs to uh, go through a validation check because I think it might have been possibly thrown together that day. I don't know how she had the ball, but it was encased, and uh, it'll sit next to my heart forever as I look for it around the room and I don't see it. So it means so much to me that I don't even know where it is right now. Um, but yeah, it was great. It was a great night. And then Kelly Rice, my friend, uh, coordinated the, uh, the one last week who has two birthday parties at the same place. What a jerk. Eh, Bistro K, Laguna Niguel, townhouse center, plenty of parking, great food, get on it. But, um, you know, I didn't think I could be tired from simply joking for two days. I'm tired from like telling stories, listening to stories, funny stories, regular stories. Like I, I'm just, the last two days I just want to sit on a couch and sit, not read, not write, barely watch TV, just let my body catch up, right? Joy being drained, the draining of joy of your body is so crazy. Like you're tapping into your future needs. You're messing with future you. You're borrowing against your body. Your mind's writing a check. Your body can't cash. Um... You know, I read in college. Okay, this is this is something. I have to tell you when it's something. If you're not asleep by now listening to this, then then you're screwed, right? You might as well get some codeine. This is better than codeine. I should do ads for codeine or against codeine. Don't do drugs. This podcast is the only depressant you need. Drop. Put that codeine down. You there in Tampa. Um, okay. So I read in college. Where are we? Where are we in this episode? I got to get that that stuff's being heated up. We're halfway through. I read in college that slave owners, this should get some emails. Slave owners would get their slaves wasted like once a year, let them get wasted for like a week or two weeks every year toward the end of the year or something. And they let them party to the point, you know, on the state or whatever. <coughs> they let them party to the point that by the time it was over, the slaves actually welcomed the return to work. Probably not the slavery part, probably not being like tortured, right? 
But the work part, the structure, maybe. I don't know. I wasn't there. Neither were you. Um, but I did read that. I read I read that like for two weeks they, they do that every year. I don't know how much of this I can believe, but, you know, like, hey, we're having a good time boozing and playing music or singing, dancing, fornicating. This is too fun. Let's get back to slaving. Um, but I do believe there's something to that. I really do. Um, especially like if for some reason there was a plantation, there were plantations where maybe it was hopefully more humane and it was work and not just torture, even though it's none of it's humane. But I do believe that there is something to getting back on a schedule. Let's get away from the slavery part, maybe. I believe that there's something like getting back on a schedule where my mind is right. You know, that part, the schedule part, the non-flooding of sugar, alcohol, caffeine through our brains, like for three straight days, four straight days. Not the slavery part, the routine part. Um, I'd imagine you'd have to have one hell of a hangover to welcome back slavery routine into your life though um well they probably weren't like get me back into slavery they were probably like hey i'm done drinking whatever's different from this i just don't want to drink so it's not like they had two weeks of drink and then two weeks off because that's what they would have loved they would have been like cool right i would think time off from more than um just eight hours i don't think they did uh yeah, I think I, I don't think they could clock in and clock out slaves. So much rich, uh, so much riches built on their backs. I wasn't there, and neither were you. Okay, it's again something I read. Good thing this podcast is cancel proof. You can't cancel what isn't there. You can't cancel something that has zero ratings. Uh, here's something I took. Oh, you want me? You you want to get into it? I took Black American literature my sophomore year in college, early '90s, guys. I was ahead of the curve, so don't come at me. Uh, yeah, I took Black American literature. It was a great class. Old guy from Ireland taught it. Right, it was amazing. Henry Burgess, Hank Burgess, lived in Montana with a ton of kids. He was amazing. One guy got a uh, paper. I remember one guy in our class got a paper returned to him with so many notes. Mr. Burgess says, "Jesus, Jim." It looks like a Jesus, Jim. It looks like a chicken stepped in red ink and walked all over your paper. He said that. Looks like a chicken stepped in red ink and walked all over your paper, Jim. He's the one that did it. Mr. Burgess is the one that wrote the, read the red ink. He made the corrections. Then he puts this guy on blast. I think he smoked too. Um, the teacher, Jim, this poor guy. He played football, and I remember he he was in my public speaking class. And he really struggled, man. I, he was a guy I saw that I'm like, oh, public speaking is rough for some peeps. So I'm sure that comment that Mr. Burgess made sat with him well. Uh, that class was fantastic. Le Fantastique. Um, Ralph Ellison, writers like Ralph Ellison, James Baldwin, autobiography of Malcolm X. I remember when the uh, movie came out, I was like, I read the book. And everyone's like, you read the book? To the autobiography of Malcolm X? Sure did. Movie was okay. Spike Lee, you know, he's, he did great. Launched Denzel a little bit. He was already launching, though. I got an A in the class. My report card went home, and it read B.A. Literature. B.A. Literature. And I remember thinking, okay, how's it, you know, how am I going to get out of this? Like, I needed, I had to think about it. How to, my dad was like, uh, what's this class? And I was nervous about telling him. I was more nervous about him not approving black American literature for whatever reason. So I told him it was British American literature, 
which I didn't think was, that's not bad for the moment, you know. But even it was like British American. He was like, British American? There's a British American movement of writers? Like, what's that even mean? How can there be British American? Um, you know, by the time someone's a writer, it's pretty clear what they are in the world. It's not like a British kid comes over to the new world in his teens and develops as a writer and then identifies as British American. Like, there's a section of literature that's British American. And so he's asking these questions, right? Um, it just doesn't make any sense, you know. And I was like, look, do you want the A or not? You know, do you want me to have the A or not? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I guess. But could there be British American literature? It was like British lit, English lit. It just wouldn't, British American literature doesn't really make sense. I mean, who wrote uh, Moby Dick? Melville? He was American. That was like the first great classic, supposedly 1830s-ish. Anyway, unless there's a group of like diehard apologists for King George the Third, who just still, you know, bow to the Queen, but they live in Boston, you know, all these years later. They just went underground after the Revolutionary War and are releasing their literature into the world underground. Uh, but I don't know. Doubtful if an Irishman you know, an Irishman would not be teaching British American lit uh, in that class in Montana back then. Maybe now things are better. Uh, anyway, went a long way to hide that I was taking black American literature that he wouldn't have cared about. He wouldn't have cared if I just said black American literature. He'd be like, all right, good. Good to see different things, college. Um, he coached and taught in Ohio and Michigan, public and uh, private schools. He was around every group of people. He was around sports his whole life. Uh, once out in Southern California, he'd help black student athletes get exposure, access, scholarships, financial aid. He was always looking for opportunities for all kinds of kids. You know, whether he knew whether my whether we played with them or not. Like my brother played with a lot more. He was a better athlete, so he got to play basketball further and traveling teams, L.A., not just Orange County teams. Um, my sister played volleyball. Volleyball is primarily, I'd say, white. Even though there was there was a lot of, there was a lot of mix. It's balancing out now. Uh, my brother played a lot of basketball throughout South LA, but yeah, he would, uh, he, my dad would help find side hustles for maybe one of the players' fathers who needed a little sum. You know, he did a lot more than blanket social programs that don't always do as much because it's just like mandated legislature with no true connection to the people and what they want and need, right? Sometimes you just, oh, okay, a law was passed. Cool. We can all rest now. We don't have to get involved. Um, anyway, got the A. Ended up graduating with a 3.5 in college. If you would have told me between 8th grade and sophomore year that I'd graduate with a 3.5 GPA, I'd say, no way, hose B. I'd say, no way, hose 3.0. Where are we? Jesus, we're, we're close. Okay. In junior high and the first year of first year or two of high school, I don't know how you get kids to study. I can't believe how much time I took up doing no schoolwork growing up. It was all social, social being social on the phone, watching sports, football, or TV in general. Uh, you know, going to meet friends, movies, ton of movies where you hang out. Maybe you don't go and you're out there talking, but you're too f afraid to advance the cause with the girl. And parents just have to wait it out when you're a kid that's just screwing around and not doing any studying. They just have to wait it out. You're gonna do get in trouble. You may get arrested. 
um, you know, they establish some ground rules, enforce those ground rules, and then it's just time. Wait it out. Hopefully by junior, senior year, or freshman year college, if they go to a JC or just flail at whatever college they went to or, or hate the job that they chose over college, <clears throat> hopefully there's some self-discovery there. And you just have to wait for your kids to see it themselves, no matter how good of a parent you are, I think. Right? You want it for them. You want to do it for them, but you have to wait. And that's got to take so much patience. This is all coming from a stay-at-home uncle with no children. Um, okay, I've got dating apps written here. You know, the, the dating apps are so brutal. It, it, it's a joke. I've tried over the years, like, a few different ones. Legit ones, nothing, you know, nothing um, that's going to get anybody in trouble. But I get paranoid about posting my picture. And sometimes I'll open an account and not post my picture. And the company will be like, you know, posting a picture really helps. You. Like Nobody's going <laughs> to. Uh, and then you try to cancel. I mean, what it is is, hey, we'll do a monthly service. But then to get them to cancel, they make you jump through hoops. And it's a pain in the ass. And it's just paranoid. And it turns into texting or uh, just email back and forth. And I'm like, this is exhausting. I don't want it. So I've been on a few different ones over the last 10 years, on and off. Uh, and I never on for more than three or four days. And I was on one a couple weeks ago. But you try to cancel. You can't figure it out because it's hidden. It's buried. You have to get on the phone with someone from that site. And so they probably constantly have to hear... Just get me off. Just get me off, man. You're like, yeah, but if you just did this different plan, just get me off. I want off. Um, but they're legit services. I'm not on Happy Madison or whatever. Um, but I really think at weddings, this is a funny joke maybe. I used it once, but it was loose. There should be someone at the back of the chapel, the temple, the synagogue, the mosque, wherever you get married, whatever service hall you get married, non-denomination. There should be someone standing there in the back with their phone and just a list of all the uh, dating apps, dating websites to show anyone in doubt. So if they come running, if they leave someone at the altar, they come running to the back to try to get out of the church, the temple, synagogue, mosque. Um, you could just show them the phone and be like, look at the life you have to look forward to, man. Look what will happen. If you walk out on this, this is what the option is. That will send them back to the altar so fast, Right. You'll be like, oh, my God, baby, I'm sorry. I just needed a moment. You know. Um, so, yeah. You know, it's funny. I was talking about, what's the title of this episode? Putting it on. What's this garbage called? Holding material up on a pedestal. Um, saving. Oh, saving happiness. Yeah, you know what? That goes back to that. I just have saving happiness for your best self for the oh, saving happiness or your best self for the future. Don't do that. That's I I've kind of done that, you know, you save it for when someone you deem worthy comes along. What are you doing? You should already be living that way. You know, what are you saving it for? Whether it's yourself or or your work or your dreams. Uh that's what I'm trying to do. Okay. Um, nowadays we're addicted to distraction so much. Uh, anytime you're trying a new hobby or trying or avoiding something, you're avoiding a tough conversation exercise, learning an instrumental language, shopping, preparing, eating healthy, avoiding an assignment, avoiding homework. You just fill your life with distractions like, Oh, look, but I was too busy, you know, helping my neighbor. We have all kinds of those friends. 
you know, you get in ta- you get a text. Oh, I was texting so and so. They're they're going through stuff. Well, you're texting twenty friends looking for one that needed to talk. Off the field opponents can be just as deadly. Pat Riley writes about it in his book. Coach Lakers many championships. Um, off the field opponents, right? Yourself, self doubt, some relationship that's dragging you down. Okay, and I'll tell you, make sure it's the relationship before you call it off. Make sure it's the relationship and you're not just blaming the relationship. But there's so many distractions now. Way tougher opponents than they used to be. The off-the-field off opponents are way tougher, I think, than they used to be. Kids, distractions, cell phones, expectations, security issues, you know, not being able to just go and do whatever you want because we're worried about freaking shooters. Um, and then I have here, spending time alone to cleanse is so healthy. My God, I'm going to get into that this week. I need it. I need it. Spending time alone to cleanse. You just need to clear your thoughts, right? And some people can do it with other people around. I need to be completely alone, man, because I just—I'm an empath. I'll give to whoever's in the room, and um, you know, it's hard. It's hard, unless they don't speak English, which is maybe why I've had relationships dating someone where there wasn't really language uh, connection, because only then could I. Uh, feel like i didn't have to meet every need of theirs uh people take it people say i take my job too seriously and i shouldn't be stressing as much okay uh this i think this is the last episode i'm doing with my mom in town she leaves saturday with my brother dennis they're going back to az been a great couple months it's a trip good for everyone good for her to be back here weather sealed on old stomping grounds uh sealed friends reminders right and she can go back and forth and and not hold orange county up on a pedestal or arizona on a pedestal just accept both for what they are i used to i used to hold believe it or not toledo toledo ohio michigan i held that up on a pedestal because we never came back so i was like oh once i go back it's gonna be great had we just come back once or twice a year for a few years it would have been fantastic and you'd have been like oh cool you wouldn't miss it as much you wouldn't have these these overly nostalgic memories. Uh, now I'm fine. Now I've been back enough where it's like, okay, we made the right decision. Um, okay, what have I got? I got two shows coming up here locally for the rest of the year. Uh, October 11th at Patty's Station. Not Patty's with a T. Patty's with a D. Uh, San Juan Capistrano train station. October 11th, 7 p.m. at Patty's Station. with uh, who's, who's, who's on that with me? Tom Clark, I think. Uh, though I haven't heard anything from the venue, so I don't know what's going on. I haven't seen a flyer. Uh, December 1st, which is a Thursday at La Cave in Costa Mesa downstairs. Great little showroom. Can't imagine anyone from South County going up to that uh, on a Thursday in December, but come on up. Evan Cassidy, booking that, running that. Great guy, great comic. Just had a kid, so that'll be perfect as he tries to get ahead in the world of stand-up. It's always smart to have a, a child to tie you down a little bit right but helps with the material i suppose um, or get a pet get two different pets get a cat dog and then have a child as well especially if you're just getting into it uh because you want to pile that all on and distract yourself with distraction right you don't get ahead in life because you're like oh i bought a goldfish yeah oh no i, I bought you know what i bought a second dog and it's like yeah you're not facing yourself man you're avoiding the real so you can have these fake convenient distractions and you can put the blame elsewhere because you're not facing what you need to face. You know what I'm saying? All right, guys. Subscribe to this thing. 
subscribe uh, to Keen on Things podcast so you know right away when the episodes come out. You can find me on social media, Keen of Comedy, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikToky. Uh, that's all I got. Episode 101 is in the can. We will see you next week. Thank you. Love you.